And now for something completely different. Welcome to Shout Out. Out of the closet and into your ears. Hello and welcome to lockdown. Um, uh, I mean, shout out. He's Mr. Andy Shilton and I'm Steph Barnett. And today on the show, Sask is back. Oh, I get a mister. Uh, this week, she's talking to Victoria Broom about queer women exhibitions. Plus, we have a feature-length special interview talking to Peter Tatchell about the GLF. That's the Gay Liberation Front. Uh, all that more today here on Shout Out. So, hello everyone. Welcome to lockdown number two. Uh, well, and, and, and show number two from lockdown two. Oh, that's better, yes. Show yeah. two, lockdown two. So, hello Terry, how are you? I'm all right, thank you. How is the lovely uh, Miss? How is the lovely Mr. Damon underneath your your, your stairs? Oh, well, he might he might be under the patio. I don't know. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> You're <done with> now. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> You're getting darker every week, Harry. <laughs> as I said before, I watch too much Brookside. <laughs> and and well, they just... bury people under the concrete. Uh, didn't, wasn't that? I think Andy Hull might to have some uh, more. Wasn't that Jordash, the, who was the father Jordash. of father of the first lesbian character on Brookside yes, as well? Uh, wasn't which he? was Beth Jordash, yes. And they they buried him under the patio. <laughs> yeah, wow. That was years yeah. ago, wasn't it? Twenty years ago. Over twenty years ago, I think. Yeah. Oh. Welcome to. Shout out! Well, we talk about the cheeriest of things. So, and how, how are you, Lady Barney, in, in your new mansion that you moved into just in the nick of time before lockdown? I'm feeling quite good, actually. The studio fits in the corner of the bedroom, and um, yeah, so um, I'm yeah. okay. Yeah, um, for for listeners, we are all completely remote at the moment. Everybody is yeah. in their own home, so we don't sound quite so studio quality. Uh, we do apologise, but you know, niece must yep. and show must go on. And boy, have we got a show mm. today! Um, yes, Sassy's yep. talking to one of the nicest people I've ever heard her interview. She's just hyper and it's great. You know, we've got to have a listen to that. That's coming up very very shortly. And we've got a special extra length um, feature where we're going to be talking to Peter Tatchell all about the um, GLF. The Gay Liberation Front, which um, um, I'm sure um, people younger than ourselves probably never even heard of, um, but did some amazing things back in the day, and he's going to be telling us all about that, isn't he? So. I wish we were broadcasting the video of this as well, Why? so people could just see how camp you are when you're broadcasting radio. Hands um, <laughs> everywhere. Hands everywhere. Yeah, now this is going to want to know why, um, and we haven't got time. Let's have a listen to Sasky. <laughs> Hey everyone, welcome to Shout Out Radio and my Sasky 5. Now I love this job, I love it because I just get to talk to such amazing people about LGBTQ+, queer, fantastic stuff. And today I'm talking to one of my very good showbiz pals, as always about being a queer woman. Victoria Broom, how are you? I'm very good. How are you? I'm really good. I'm so excited because this is an exhibition that you have put together with your own fair hands. So tell us tell us a bit more about it. 
Um, so it's basically a series of uh, photographs with a photographer that I worked with years ago called Sidy Clark, and he, uh, he he's a gay guy. And I said to him uh, a few years ago, I was like, I want to put together a series of images of representing what it means for me to be a queer woman. Um, and that means kind of breaking out of boxes of gender and sexuality, which women, and especially queer women, are um, put into often. So I just wanted to break down the barriers and the boundaries and um, express what it means for me to be a queer woman with a selection of images. Fabulous. I love it. I'm, I'm really excited about this. Right. So look, the other thing I want to ask, because, you know, we all know com- being out and proud, there is that level of confidence that comes with it. Um, hence why, you know, I guess even as an activist myself, it's like it's so important that you can be your true self. So, you know, with that being out of, and proud, you know, how empowering is that for you as a queer female and an actor in your industry even? Um, well, I mean, as you'll know, I mean, I came out about 20 years ago and there wasn't any kind of real, uh, especially f- femme kind of lesbian representation on screen. And it's changed a lot now. So um, for me, it's always been I've never been kind of in the closet in my industry. I've always been out and proud. Um, and uh, I think it's great that. Now those boundaries are being broken down on screen and in stories that are being told. But it's just representation really does matter. And I've been getting, since I did the show Different for Girls, which is a lesbian kind of um, LGBTQ uh, series, um, I've had a lot of young queer women kind of reach out to me saying, thank you, it's so great to see a lesbian woman represented by an out lesbian actor. Um, So... Yeah, I mean, it feels feels great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I love the plug for for different for girls because what a fabulous uh, show that was too. You know, bringing that out, we want we want to see more more uh, queer women on screen. Absolutely, definitely agree. Um, so you know, I mean, thinking about that, and and as queer women ourselves, uh, what the ultimate question? What does being a queer woman mean to you, Victoria Broom? so that's an interesting question um because for me being a queer woman is just being me because i've been out for so long i've never hidden who i am i've never um you know had to hide who i am i'm very lucky in that kind of sense and so it's it, it being a queer woman is just being me and the the whole reason of doing the shoot about being a queer woman is that I just wanted to because I may look and say it'll probably be the same for you but because certain women may look or kind of present in one way doesn't mean that they are that and and doesn't mean that they should be put into that box of oh well if you look like this or you act like this you can only be this smash down and smash out of those boxes and those barriers and just be whatever you want to be and that's what being a queer woman is to me yes i love that listen that is girl power i'm loving loving that but no it is true isn't it because i think that is that is how could you answer it any better because really that's the whole thing being your true authentic self you know we have these labels we have stereotypes are you femme lesbian are you butch exactly and and really you know that is it i i you know i've got short as an example i've got short shaved hair but i don't feel butch i feel femme i feel how i feel um will i lift heavy boxes and try and put up shelves no because why if we can get someone else to do it why bother exactly and that's the same so I'm, I'm a lot of a lot of um 
people in in like in our community and also those not in our community kind of see me looking as a very petite kind of femme woman mm. but actually I'm not that as well. I'm the complete opposite of that sometimes. Uh, yeah. So yeah. it's just like break out of those boxes and just be confident and comfortable with who you are. Absolutely. Uh, so listen, where and obviously the pandemic, etc. where can people or when can people expect to find out a bit more about this? Is this something to look forward to in the new year? Um, yeah, so there'll be a whole kind of exhibition coming out uh, in the new year and I'm going to be working with the photographer and getting a lot of other women involved with it as well. So... Um, more to come but if you check out my instagram which is victoria broom official and um, you can see a couple of the images on there right now fabulous i've seen yeah. them people make sure you go and get a sneak peek or even a sneak perv if you're feeling that way inclined <laughs> i will <laughs> we are pals but i can get away with saying that you know what i mean uh, thank you victoria broom really look forward to seeing the exhibition and more to come of it and, and great for raising awareness on it so thank you peace and love thank you thank you very Shout out LGBT Radio for you. This is Showtake News on Thursday, 12th of November, 2020. The dominant news this week amongst LGBTQ news sources, as well as the main news agencies, has been the fact that the Democratic Party has won the American presidential election in a fight that independent observers have concluded was in accordance with international norms and democratic principles. As was widely expected, the incumbent Republican president, Donald Trump, has been reluctant to concede defeat even when many other celebrated Republicans, including George W. Bush, had made a call to the Democrat Joe Biden to congratulate him on his victory. With the far right mustering armed fighters to protest outside counting stations, the situation in the States does remain tense. One Republican woman wearing a T-shirt reading Jesus is my saviour told BBC Newsnight correspondent Gabriel Gatehouse that America is close to civil war. But the Democrats and their allies have played down the notion of confrontation, quietly noting that the United States has constitutional arrangements in place to remove a president who would not leave voluntarily. Al Jazeera television noted prominently in its coverage that Joe Biden's running mate, Kamala Harris, is now the most senior black woman in government anywhere in the world. The US elections have also seen significant votes and poll results for many gay, trans, African-American and Asian-American candidates. And we aim to bring you some of these triumphs triumphs, I beg your pardon, on our online news feed over the coming weeks. It was around 10 months ago that we reported that, that authorities in the US had recovered some artefacts with the great gay mathematician and computer scientist Alan Turing, whose intelligence work at Bletchley Park for the British government helped bring the Allies a decisive victory over the fascist Axis powers in 1945. These items, including his PhD diploma, his OBE medal, and a letter from King George VI, were illegally taken by an American woman who later claimed to be related to Turing and whose theft was only found out when she offered to loan her stash to the Colorado-based university. 
Mr. Turing's old school, which is in Sherborne in Dorset, has now confirmed that the seized items from the woman will be returned to the school and that they will in due course go on display. Pink News noted that Alan Turing, whose harsh treatment by the government and the NHS because of his sexual orientation, had been subject of campaigns over the years which will now be honoured with an image with his image on the new £50 notes due to enter circulation in 2021. Greg Clark, the chairperson of the Football Association in the UK, has resigned his role after making a reference to black players in which he used the outdated term coloured, which is regarded as offensive by many people. For Clark, it was the latest in a number of unfortunate references that have been made in recent years. Sky News reported that he had made condescending remarks about female football players and strongly implied that being gay was simply a, quote, life choice. Mr Clark issued a statement of apology and said that he had been considering moving on from the FA for some time. In leaving, he said, My unacceptable words in front of Parliament were a disservice to our game and to those who watch, play, referee and administer it. This has crystallised my resolve to move on. I am deeply saddened that I have offended those diverse communities in football that I and others worked so hard to include. Here at Shoutout, we have always been interested in building up LGBTQ media and grassroots groups. We are delighted, therefore, to be able to say that a new online LGBTQ station has commenced streaming from a small studio in Bernamont-Sea, which, for our overseas listeners, is a small seaside resort on the coast of Somerset, about 40 miles away from Bristol, which is where Shoutout is made. The station founder, Steve Mellor, told the alternative newspaper B247 that the idea for the station was a logical extension of his work within the LGBT movement, where he has already been celebrated for his work in raising awareness of domestic violence within our communities. If you think you might like to have a go at radio presenting, then Steve is interested in hearing from you. All LGBTQ people and allies are welcome. Contact the station via its Facebook page if you search for Love Wins Radio. It's clearly an exciting time for media to be made in Burnham-on-Sea, as last week a new community radio service for the town launched online called Burnham Radio, which features a world music show, food show and mental health advice programme, amongst many others. And the BBC Children in Need Appeal takes place across BBC radio and television networks on Friday evening. That's the 13th of November. The grand dame of all telethons, the very first appeal took place way back in 1929. And then in 1979, it became an annual television-based event held in November to start all the good cheer of the festive season off. This year, guests on the BBC One showcase programme include gay allies Dolly Parton, David Walliams, Claudia Winkleman, Basil Brush and the current Doctor Who, Jodie Whittaker. Expect a packed evening of entertainment and some surprises as well. BBC Children in Need gives out millions of pounds in grants each year and has long supported youth projects working with some of our most vulnerable LGBTQ youth. So tune in, pop open a bottle of wine and remember that if you can, the donations you give will help young people across the UK. For all these news stories and more, you can check out our website at shoutoutradio.lgbt. For Shoutout News, this has been Andy Hole and Terry Starr. Shoutout News, national and international LGBT news for you. (laughs) 
shout out. LGBT Radio for you. There you go, uh, AOL Nation with Sale there. Something I'm learning mm. quite some time. So, um, lovely track that. I think that's one of your favourites too, is it not, Andy? It is indeed. I love that mm. track. Yeah, very nice track. So, uh, now uh, joining us is someone we haven't spoken to in quite some time. I'm very pleased to say a very warm welcome back to shout out um, to uh, Mr. Peter Tatchell. Hello, Peter. How are you? Hi, and I'm really pleased to meet you. Peter Thatcher has been a political activist since the late 60s in Australia. Going into exile in 1971 in London to resist the Australian involvement in the Vietnam conflict, he joined the newly formed Gay Liberation Front and contributed to many of his actions. Over the years, he's been involved in a variety of groups, most notably with the direct action campaigning group Outrage. We are pleased to welcome him to the show tonight. Peter, can I start by asking you, how did the London Gay Liberation Front all begin? It began on the 13th of October 1917 at a public meeting at the London School of Economics. Mm. Uh, 19 people attended, but within a few weeks that burgeoned into sometimes two, three or even 400 people at GLF's weekly meetings. And of course, what GLF did that was so significant within just over a month of its formation was staged the first ever gay rights protest in Britain, which took place on the 27th of November 1970 at Highbury Fields in London to protest against police harassment. So that event really kick-started the whole LGBT plus protest movement. And of course, over the decades, that movement has been responsible for challenging so much homophobia, biphobia and transphobia and securing equality laws that we now enjoy. So, Peter, uh, Steph here, um, what were its ideals and vision when you first started? I suppose the foremost aim of the Gay Liberation Front was to promote the idea that gay was not bad and shameful, unnatural or abnormal. So we had the slogan, gay is good. And that turned on its head the mainstream consensus of centuries, which was that gay was very bad and indeed mad and sad. Um, mm. You know, the ethos about, of uh, the Gay Liberation Front was to um, turn us from victims to victors. Um, but equality was not our main focus. We were not interested in equality within the status quo. We wanted to change society to uplift everyone. First and foremost, LGBT plus people, but also women, black people, working class people and others. Uh, We had this view that a common struggle for social justice was the way forward. It does sound like, I mean, uh, you listen to um, some of the youngsters today, and uh, it's a completely different time now. I mean, for those who wouldn't know what it was like back then, what what was it like being like a gay man or a lesbian woman back, back at that kind of time? Well, of course, in 1967, there had been a partial, limited decriminalisation of male mm-hmm. homosexuality in England and Wales only. Um, it wasn't extended to Scotland until 1980. It wasn't extended to Northern Ireland until 1982, and it wasn't extended to the armed forces until 1994. So 
um, you know, we were living in a period where many aspects of gay male life were still criminalized. And in fact, in the years after 1967, the arrests and convictions of gay and bisexual men for consenting behavior increased by 400%. So the repression actually got worse. Um, of course, in those days, there were no openly gay, lesbian, bisexual, or transgender public figures, no politicians, sports people, entertainers, pop stars, no one. Mm. Um, the only time gay people ever appeared in the news was when we were exposed as spies or traitors, uh, child molesters, or mass murderers. So there was no visibility, and Parliament refused to even debate LGBT plus issues. Um, you know, the medical and psychiatric professions classified homosexuality as an illness, and on the National Health Service, at taxpayers' expense, uh, doctors conducted electric shock aversion therapy to try and cure homosexuality. So it was a very, very different climate from today. Uh, we had no laws to protect us against anything. You know, employers could sack us from our jobs, uh, our landlords could refuse to rent us property. That was all legal. Yeah, I mean, things like the employment law didn't change for quite some time after that, did it? So. Oh, not 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 until the early part of this century. Yeah, yeah. 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 Peter, the um, GLF was sort of pa part of that whole countercultural movement that was going on in the seventies. Like you referenced women's liberation, Black Power, the sort of back to the land movement. All these things were happening. Tell us a little bit about the alliances the GLF forged um, in its campaigning activities. Well, of course, let me say that. GLF was not a homogenous whole, it was very heterogeneous. Mm. <laughs> yeah, there were sort of liberals and progressives, communists, anarchists, um, counterculture people, hippies. Um, but they all, we all had a common idea, which was to challenge straight supremacism and to work for a new and better society uh, where there would be sexual democracy and freedom for everyone. Um, we did very much believe that we had a common fight with other oppressed peoples. So the Gay Liberation Front uh, worked in solidarity with the women's liberation movement. Uh, we joined the big mass protest against the Miss World Contest outside the Royal Albert Hall in 1971. And GLF's contribution was to stage an alternative Miss World drag contest on the pavement outside featuring misused, misrepresented, and mistreated. Um, we also stood in solidarity with, the, solidarity with the black community. So at the time, the um, black activists, a group of black activists known as the Mangrove Nine were on trial. I think if I recall, the Gay Liberation Front was the only non-black group that stood in solidarity with them um, outside the court. Um, we also recognised the struggles of working class people. So GLF was present uh, on the big march against the Tory government's industrial relations bill in 1971, which sought to strangle the rights and freedoms of trade unionists. And then finally, we also um, showed solidarity with the Irish people's struggle against British troops and uh, the rule from London. Um, we supported and attended the Troops Out movement 
protests, the huge big march that took place in London in 1972. Um, particularly it was against internment without trial. Um, Irish Republicans, um, people who had no connection with terrorism just because they were supported the Republican cause were being uh, put in prison without trial, without any due process. And we saw that as wrong. We saw it as an attack upon human rights. Uh, For yourself, could you tell me what uh, the most memorable protests were? Well, um, <laughs> as I mentioned, the, the Miss World contest was protest. Is that the most memorable for you? <laughs> well, I can't say there's only one protest, but the Miss World protest was, was pretty spectacular. And to have those drag queens parodying and satirizing the Miss World contest was, was not only very sharp satire, but enormous fun. Um, we also disrupted the opening event of the Festival of Light, uh, spearheaded by Mary Whitehouse, uh, which um, was campaigning against uh, pornography, abortion, and homosexuality. Uh, we infiltrated their big mass rally in Westminster Central Hall, um, and uh, among our infiltrators were uh, gay nuns in drag who at certain <laughs> points got up in the, from the audience and began kissing. Uh, we released mice in the audience. Um, yeah, it was, it, that was another spectacular event. Um, one of the very serious ones, though, that perhaps is less well known is the campaign against um, venues that refuse to serve LGBT plus people. So uh, I remember in October 1971, um, joining about 30 other members of the Gay Liberation Front, staging a sit-in at the Chepstow pub in West London after it refused to serve queers and dykes. Um, we were all uh, arrested and dragged out. Uh, we weren't actually charged, we weren't taken to the police station, but we were dragged out and held and detained for some time. Um, and we kept on going back uh, and very quickly not only that pub, but all pubs all across London got the message that you don't mess with the Gay Liberation Front. If you have a policy of discrimination, you'll be targeted. And they realised that was very bad for business. So very quickly, lots of pubs and restaurants and cafes who had um, refused to serve LGBT plus people uh, began doing so. So that sounds sounds very similar to things that went on in America at the same time in San Francisco. I seem to remember that from the film Milk about Harvey Milk. They 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 kind of took their gay trade to certain places that kind of convinced a lot of people. Um, it, it's quite a staggering difference from the way life is now, isn't it? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And it was tough. You know, we had a lot of hostility, <coughs> even from people within our own community. They said, you know you're extremist, you're rocking the boat, you're going to cause trouble. Um, it's best to keep our heads down and, you know, stay quiet. Well, we said, if you keep your head down, you'll get it kicked in. And staying quiet has got us nowhere. We have to march, we have to protest, we have to challenge the straight establishment. And that's exactly what the Gay Liberation Front did. You know, we were, if you like, the shock troops in the first wave of the the great battle for LGBT plus rights in Britain. Yeah, and I, I guess you had to be a certain type of person to be that forceful, because it must have been quite a scary thing 
to do back then to actually be that challenging and confrontational to people well you're right because um you know lgbt rights was not widely accepted in those days it was barely accepted at all and only by a, a small minority of the population so there was a lot of hostility um but we just felt we had a righteous cause you know justice demanded that we take a stand well, I and think... we knew that you know there would be no change unless we protested. You know, we, we saw how the battle of the Chartists and the suffragettes, they only got anywhere when they started to protest. Mm, um, yeah. And, you know, I think we, we, we were vindicated. I, I would totally agree. <laughs> On that note, Peter, um, what, what do you think the, the lasting legacy of the GLF's achievements are? I think the lasting legacy of the Gay Liberation Front was that it really transformed queer consciousness and the consciousness of straight society. Uh, for many LGBT plus people who had internalized guilt and shame, they internalized homophobia. Um, you know, our message was very much about gay is good. Uh, it was about empowering LGBT people to believe in themselves have faith and confidence they were good people who deserved respect and dignity and rights um, and of course we set down this marker that we weren't going to be pushed around anymore you know we, we told straight society you can't carry on like before you won't get away with it now in terms of actual achievements you know GLF did not succeed in changing a single law because in those days Parliament was so homophobic it was impossible but we did succeed in establishing grassroots community institutions like the first um, LGBT plus community newspaper, Gay News, um, the first LGBT plus switchboard, um, the first uh, counselling service run by and for LGBT plus people. And those three achievements alone transformed the lives, transformed the lives of tens of thousands of LGBT plus people. Right, Peter, um, just as um, um, uh, with the uh, BBC had a bit of an issue uh, a couple of weeks back, um, what was your views on that? Uh, which issue are you referring to? Um, the one where their uh, director general said that he was going to ban all their staff from attending prides or Black Lives Matter protests. Well, quite clearly there is a disjunction between the BBC's policy on, say, wearing a poppy, which is a personal view of personal statement and is apparently okay, and attending a pride parade in your own time as a private individual. Um, that doesn't really that doesn't really m seem fair or just. And of course, we know that the BBC has since rode back on its original decision. Um, it's said that, um, you know, it'll be up to new staff to use their own discretion. So we'll wait and see how that actually pans out in practice. But quite clearly, to stay that, say that um, uh, BBC News staff can't attend Pride, um, particularly if it's involved in the controversy around trans issues, according to the BBC, um, that strikes me as very, very wrong, very intrusive, and a violation of staff's civil rights. 
Yeah, it was it was quite staggering. I have to admit, when it came across our news desk, I was quite shocked at what I read had come out. Even with the back pedal kind of thing that they did, it's still. Um, I think it's still being investigated by quite a few at the moment, um, and I think there's still talks ongoing, isn't there? So, yeah. Um, now, obviously, GLF isn't around, but your foundation is um, and still going very strong. What have you got planned for um, the, the the foreseeable future? Well, of course, we have made enormous strides for LGBT plus rights here in Britain, and I want to pay tribute to the tens of thousands of unsung, unknown LGBT plus people who've made that possible. You know, people who wrote letters to their members of parliament, who marched in the streets, who lobbied, you know, institutions like the church, the police, the media, the education system and so on. You know, that contribution has been so, so, so important. And I also want to thank our straight friends and allies who've been with us in this long march of freedom. Um, but of course, there are still issues to fight, and so we are standing with the trans community to ensure, or try to ensure, that uh, the Gender Recognition Act is reformed to allow people to make their own statutory self-declaration regarding their gender identity, rather than having to go through doctors uh, and the state. Um, we also um, very much are pushing for compensation for gay and bisexual men who were victims of past historic anti-gay laws. And many of these men were imprisoned, um, some uh, were fined very large sums, uh, and as a result quite a lot of them um, found that they had lost their job, they'd perhaps sometimes been evicted from their home, their marriages broke up, in some instances they had been violently assaulted in the street. Those men deserve compensation. And I think it's disgraceful that neither Theresa May nor Boris Johnson has so far been willing to move on that. Um, we're also very much concerned that um, although we have now a commitment to mandatory LGBT plus inclusive education in schools, um, we don't know what the content is. We don't know what, you know, there is, there is no specific criterion that schools have to abide by when they deliver this education. It's, it's vague, it's you know unspecified. Plus, of course, religious organizations are still going to be able to preach that homosexuality is immoral, sinful, and wrong. So that's an issue which is still unresolved. Um, and then finally, I just mentioned uh, that uh, we have to stand in solidarity with LGBT plus asylum seekers who are fleeing persecution abroad. Uh, the Home Office must stop detaining them in detention centres, which are basically glorified prisons by another name. And it's got to stop them from working because many of these asylum seekers have skills we need. They're teachers, plumbers, doctors, you name it. Lots of them have skills that we need. And it's madness to say they can't work and force them instead to be dependent on state handouts to survive. It doesn't make economic sense, it doesn't make moral sense. Um, and then of course, perhaps finally, finally, uh, we need to remember the global struggle for LGBT plus rights, which is not over yet. Um, there are still uh, about 70 countries that criminalize same-sex relations. 
with penalties ranging from just a few years imprisonment right up to life imprisonment and in a handful of Muslim majority states uh, there are still the laws that stipulate the death penalty for same-sex relations. So globally the battle has got a long long way to go and it's really important we recognize that queer freedom is a global struggle. Not just about Britain or Europe or the United States or Australia, it's a global struggle and we cannot allow ourselves to rest until every LGBT plus person on this planet is free and equal. It's staggering, isn't it? It comes so far, yet there's still so much further to go still. Um, you know, I, I think we can sometimes get very caught up in taking our own found freedoms for granted these days. Um, and, you know, that, that summary you have there, Peter, really kind of sums up. There's still just so much to do, isn't there? So... Um, listen, it's been lovely to talk to you. Thank you so much for talking to us. Um, just very quickly before we let you go, if people want to find out more about yourself and your foundation, um, do you have a website or something that we can give them? You can go to our website, which is petertatchellfoundation.org, um, and in the top right-hand corner, there's a little button which says Join Us. If you give us your email address, we will then put you on our email list and send you for free a weekly human rights bulletin covering LGBT plus and other human rights issues. That's all entirely free. Um, and you'll see on that website a huge archive of campaigns and issues that we engage with. You know, we'd love to have you as part of our small but very, very passionate human rights community. Um, we'd love you to be a part of it, so please join us. Brilliant. Peter, thank Brilliant. you so much for joining us um, uh, tonight and for giving us an update on everything. It's been lovely to catch up with you again. And um, um, please, from us, thank you. Keep up the fight. We do all appreciate it. Well, um, thank you. And, um, you know, more power to you for the great work you do. Thank you. Thank you, Peter. Uh, stay with us. You're listening to Shout Out. We'll be back in a minute. <laughs> Shout out LGBT Radio for you. Uh, there you go. That's actually uh, Tom Goss with Bears. Uh, oh, love that one. He's a he's a lovely man, is Tom Goss. So, how was that, Lady Barney, talking to Peter Tatchell? Did you enjoy it? Um, I just love his work and what he's done, and uh, brilliant, how he's actually fought so much through his, well, through a lot of his life. He has put a lot of his energy into helping the LGBTQ community. Um, and I, I, what, it, what can you say? Well, I love the way he summed it up with what's still to go you know you can think we've yep. got marriage equality we're there we, we so aren't there's still so much to do yeah. so. well like you said the trans community are taking a hell of a hit at the moment yeah. Yeah. Um, especially with people like JK Rowling um, bless we got to ask uh, Andy you were a bit quiet there were you a bit starstruck mate I was a bit starstruck <laughs> yes um, it's, it's not like me to normally be very quiet but I, I, I've met Peter a couple of times and he's he's just such a fascinating man to listen to yeah. And I got a bit starstruck, so I didn't answer any <laughs> questions, unfortunately, this time. Next time, who knows? So, although our, our pro, who's interviewed him several times now, Terry, haven't you? A couple of times, I think, mm. yeah, I have, yeah. yeah. Met him on I, a number of occasions over I, the years. I remember so. when Shout Out started, it wasn't long after we got a telephone interview with him. 
we did when we first started out yes, yeah and we right. had to pre-record it because he couldn't make the, the live time um, and um, yeah and you were actually pro doing it then too it's you're too kind wasn't that lovely what he said at the end that, that and he thanked us for the work that we do yeah, I mean that, that just makes so everything much. just so worthwhile for what we do yeah yeah, and, and, and indeed everyone around the country that's and the world that's making a difference now there are loads of people doing yep. really good work not just LGBTQ work but you look at the environment you look at race relations yes. you look at uh, mental health you look at you know and it goes on and it's fantastic don't, don't, terror, don't, yeah. don't want to Gives me hope. Off, don't want to kick off an argument about American politics, but hopefully with Biden, they, they may progress a bit further forward. You never know. Oh, very interesting times. Yeah. Very interesting times in America. I'm watching it closely. And I hope to put a few articles up on the uh, newswire over the next couple of weeks, summarising what the various LGBTQ groups in the states are saying, because saying because they're all taking a very close interest in this fascinating state of affairs. Oh, uh, God, did it say, they're still counting now, I think, aren't they? They, so, they so are, I understand, so, yeah. 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 Mm. It'll yeah. be a while yet yeah. before it's complete. I, I think I think we'd be protesting in this country if it took that long for us to figure out who our Prime Minister is. It's <laughs> I tell you what we ought to do, Andy, for next week is actually get your your husband to actually tie your arms to the arms of the oh, chair no. you're sat in. Here you go again. So for, for the listeners at home, we record using one piece of technology, <laughs> but we're all on webcam together so we can see each other. And Steph's Put just taking your the mickey because down. I'm dynamic. Anyway, uh, that is it for another week. It is. It may be locked down, but Shout Out is still looking for new volunteers. So if you're interested in radio, please get in touch. Head to Shout radio.lgbt and click on the contact link uh, we'll be back next week uh, same time same channel same place but from myself Lady Barney Mr Hole <laughs> and Mr Star say bye bye everyone bye bye cheers guys bye bye Shout out. LGBT radio for you.